We are back from the City of Roses. Alongside Bernie Neighbors, I'm Jeff McCarriger. This is Borderline, and what a weekend. You know, as tired as we all are from all the travel and just this crazy part of the schedule, yep. um, we, had to do, we had to pop on and do a show. So oh, speaking Absolutely. of shows, I, I was going to say congratulations on episode number 80. What? Um, but but I started looking at it. This is actually episode number 81 because... What in the um, world? Like I was looking at the numbers because our numbers weren't matching up with what Rosie has, you know, when she posts the show for us. So last week she had, I had, you know, episode 79, she had 80. I just realized it for the first time. So what they did was they counted. Remember that first one we did where we just kind of popped on and did a little pilot. And I think we had Stacy on with us, maybe. Maybe basically we were just testing just to make sure that the, yeah, that's number one and everything. Yeah. So they counted that as number one. So happy belated episode number let's go 80 that's insane jeff way to go man actually 81 but yeah Yeah. so what a weekend (laughs) dude i mean we've got so much to talk about um first off i mean just off the top here um and i'll let you rant about about top 10 because our top 10 this week is probably about as difficult as it has ever been for us after what we saw this weekend but just just real quick hey congratulations um to all the players uh, you do you do live stream pretty much all day on what Friday mm-hmm. and Saturday, and um, yeah. so you got a chance you you get the chance to see pretty much everybody. I feel like or, or a lot of players, a lot of uh, players. so you know this yeah. even, so you know this even better than I do because I just kind of I just kind of mosey around the, around the featured co- courts and sometimes head out into the main area. But the level of play that I saw, I, I remember on one of our podcasts early uh, in the season. What did I want to see? I wanted to see greatness, right? I, w- I didn't want to see a bunch of bags going off the board, you know, a bunch of airmail yeah. attempts going off the board, a bunch of roll shots going off the board. Like, if you're going to do that, I want to see greatness. Well, sure. put a bag in my mouth because that's what I've seen. I mean, it, it's <laughs> it's incredible. Like, the level of play this season is absolutely yeah. insane. And it I hate is. to say that because I feel like that word doesn't even do it justice anymore. But, man, the, the players, all of them, from top to bottom, um, th- there were very few easy matches, especially when we got, you know, down to the final, you know, whatever, 20 or, or 30 yeah. matches, but, uh, just incredible Bernie. So much, so much fun to be a part of and to follow that and watch that all day. I mean, I wish, I wish everyone at home could see all the qualifying that goes behind this on behind the scenes and the level of play, because you know, the backyard players who watch us would be blown away, blown away. Yeah, It's, uh, and it's so different. It, it's no. so like it's it's so different from just two years ago. That's what's incredible to me. Like the level of play has risen, and you got to give some of these folks credit, man, because a lot of look. Some people have kind of dropped down because they haven't been able to really adjust to the number of people that are playing at such a high level, right? Right. It. I, I look. We have to do top ten. We don't have to do. We've chosen to do top ten lists, and I cheated because I cheat. And I started going through the rankings, right? And looking at it, I was like, you can't do a top 10 list. Because if you just go off the top 10 of the rankings, there's players that have to be in there that aren't even in the top 15. There is a player who has won a singles national that's not in the top 15. Last name Rawls, not Allen. Yeah. And that's, that's crazy. I mean, he had a, he had a rough rough tournament this weekend by his standards. And I think that dropped him down a good bit. So I'm like, how do you not have a national winner? There's only been three. How do you have one of the singles winners not in your top 10? Well, he's not even in the top 15. Yeah. And and I did, I did on that note, I actually texted Trey this morning because I just wanted to clarify when you go on 
the website and look at the current rank rankings, that is not taking into consideration them dropping their lowest score. So for those who don't right. know, there are four nationals. Yeah. See, 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 did you hear that? Nationals. I heard. It's very nationals. good. Jim. Very good. And the players get to drop their lowest score. So that has not that is not reflective in the standings yet. So obviously, like Justin Burton Jr. right now, uh, pretty certain that he would drop this this last one because I think his first two were really good. Alex yep. Rawls, uh, pretty sure he'll probably drop this one because yep. because his his first two were good. So so the so the standings right now are not totally reflective of you know how they're going to finish at the end but of the season got, once they get to drop the score. But but point well taken though. And it was, Dude, I'm telling you, it was super difficult to do my I'm, top 10. I'm going to scroll down to number 99 and tell you who that is. Nope. I'm going to tell you who number 97 and 99 are in the, in the current rankings. What is it, Ryan? Because that was a huge swing and a mess for me last week. Trey Birchfield, Tanner Halbert, 97 and 99. That's how good the pro division is. Yeah, and Trey Birchfield was a uh, world champion. To, uh, two years ago. Yes, two years ago. Yeah, that's right. Because Mark was... Yeah, just two, just years, two ago. years ago. Yeah. And remember, now barely in the top 100. Remember when we were talking about best player on the in the on the planet back in January, February? Kyle Malone wasn't even a question, right? Yep. I 56th. know. I know. Fifty sixth. In my top ten, I've got my top ten, and then I have a few notables, which is question marks. Like where'd they go? And that's that's one of them. That's one. I mean, I just I, I was looking through this list, and I, was, I mean, now granted. Some of the ones that are up here at the top, obviously, I mean, there was one person that had the number one player in the world, his original number one player. That guy's a genius. So Devin Harbaugh is currently the number one player in the world. But, uh, I mean, we just going through this list, you, who do you take out? Harbaugh, well, Richards, Allen Rawls, Caleb Batson, Justin Burton Jr., Jake Gore, Joe Neistat, Fisher Hamilton, Hunter Thorne, Jake Trzynski, that's your top ten. Who do you take out? To put Tony Smith in. Well, that's that's why that's why they are our very own power rankings. So yeah, you can it's do whatever just, the heck you want. It's uh, yeah. It's, I can't wait. To, I mean, that being said, the fact that that uh, you're so stressed about it, I cannot wait to hear. I don't know. I, I mean, I, dude, it, it's in show. flux. I won't even know till we get to it because I've been going over it yeah. back and forth. Like, who do I take out? I, mean, I think I like one. mine. I think I actually think I'm pretty comfortable with mine because with mine, I kind of went by. All right, who do I think can beat who? And and I did I did cheat like you did a little bit, and I did look at the I did look at I didn't look at the current rankings because I kind of knew those in my head already, and had a good feel for those. I did look at how they finished, so mine mm -hmm. might have a little bit of recency bias. Over oh. the last over the last uh, you know seventy two hours plus maybe a little bit of eerie. Yeah, recency bias. We're going to talk about that. That's something I didn't put up for those of you at home. Jeff and I have come up with a little system now that we just kind of share ideas to come up with a an outline. So we don't just ramble on, right? Jeff's very yeah, good at keeping of, things. A lot of good it's doing right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, recent, I got accused of recency bias this weekend. And I was like, yeah, that's how sports work. It's what's happening now, not two years ago, not last year. It's recency bias. That's what sports are. And, and to act like it's not is kind of silly, right? I mean, it's just, I don't know. Like that, that, that phrase recency bias doesn't make sense to me. Right, because it gets used. It gets used a lot, and, and announcers are always guilty of it. But the the again, I, I could well, I could give you a college basketball example. I could give you a baseball example. I'll give you baseball. Give, give me it both. Was, it was a Just, few years ago, right, when the Washington Nationals won the World Series. Start out the season, what thirty nine and, and forty one, 
something crazy like that and went on a went on this incredible streak. So yeah, when late in the baseball season, when you're talking about the Washington Nationals being one of the best teams, yeah, it's recency bias because they got really good. Yeah, I mean that's <laughs> that's what that's happens. Sports. People get better and they get worse as the sports season goes is on. All yeah. about recency bias because you're yes. talking about who's best right then. Yeah, and we're going to talk about this with I'm I'm. I'm I'm trying to segue into one of the things that we might be talking about as far as young players, because this is where my recency bias accusation came from. Okay. Well, we've got, we, <laughs> we got right, a long so, way to go. We got a yeah, long so way to go. We also, we also wanted to talk about Portland, but you know what? Let's, this, this is much more. No, let's talk Portland because I've got a lot because, to say about Portland. Okay. Because I, but I also love what I also love what you um, had to say and what we both have to say about uh, the direction you're going with, uh, baby goat. Mm-hmm. So I, I like that too. All right. We're going to do Portland first in our travels. Yeah. yeah. All right. Give me, give me, give me a, first off Portland. Uh, don't they call West Virginia like weird, wild and wonderful West Virginia. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. Portland needs to come up with some sort of slogan like that because as far as the area goes geographically, it's, it's one of the most beautiful places that I've been. I mean, you know, the Columbia river, and the Willamette River, however you say it, you know, when they split and the Willamette goes downtown, the Columbia River goes out into the mountains. I mean, it is it is just absolutely gorgeous. When the sun sets, moon rises, you can see Mount Hood off in the distance. It, just fantastic. But then you dive a little bit deeper in the city. <laughs> and uh, man, wow, it, it's it's it is weird, wild and wonderful. It is it is all three. It's sure. it's in- yeah, it's interesting because what they've done, they've decriminalized pretty much all drugs in Portland or in Oregon in general. Well, what that's done is created an influx of people that just want to do them out in the open. Yeah. And so it's created a very rough scene because what they made these decisions without thinking it through and creating an infrastructure to handle the decision. Right. I, I don't necessarily hate the decision because it's been done in other countries around the world and been very successful. But what they did in Oregon was just say, all right, we're doing it, but we're not going to give any hospitals out there for people to go. We're not going to do anything else. So basically, it's like one large encampment. It's really it's strange That's, and it's uncomfortable. And I mean, and like and, yeah. look, and people know I lean a little left. So it's uh, of all the people to be bothered by it, I would be one of the last ones in our cornhole world to be bothered by it, but it's uncomfortable and it's it's and, and it's interesting because when you go across Williamette River you're in Washington State and it's a town called Vancouver Washington and they basically have signs everywhere saying stop go back hey Oregon stay out <laughs> yeah you yeah. you stay over there you're not welcome here seriously yeah. I mean they every every storefront has a sign that says we refuse service we, we reserve the right to refuse service to anyone and it's it's in big letters and every storefront. They're basically saying we want none of it. Yeah. The laws are different right over that river. I mean, it, it's it's interesting. You, they get you, the same you do you and stay on your side of the river. Yeah, yeah. You stay over that bridge. And I, look, I, I just think if you found a way to help those people, if you're going to let them just go crazy, and do, I mean, I, I saw it with my own two eyes. I saw people shooting up heroin. I'm assuming it was heroin, right, broad daylight, right out in the open. Yeah, a lot of drug use. Yep. And, well, and, it's, know, and it just it leads it leads to it leads to just awful scenes throughout the and and I don't want to make it sound like it's the whole city because it's not. No, but there are there not. are definitely pockets and like and like this even happened. Stacy told me to take a picture, so I did. You know, I mean, the first image you see, the first image you see when you walk into the airport, 
was this. I don't I don't know if you can see that. Oh, the trash. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it might be tough to see. So I took yeah. took a picture of it. But I mean, just tr just trash everywhere in the airport. It's a dirt and, and, again, and again, not the entire airport. I don't want to make it sound like we're walking through trash to get to the gate. Not a great but airport. There, there are yeah. little pockets of it. It's just trash. It's like, it, it, like I don't understand how you allow your everywhere. city because it's because it's it's beautiful. Again, it's a gorgeous city, but it's just being totally just destroyed right over. by some Absolutely people. Right over. Yeah. And one of my it's Uber bad. drivers, yeah, was you know taking us back to the airport last day. You know, we were talking about it. He lived, he's lived there for decades. And he's like, you know, 10 years ago, it wasn't like this. You still had the kind of weird and wild kind of Portland and it was fun. And then it just got out of control. And it's as if they didn't create any infrastructure for their planning. And this is what happens when you don't plan far enough ahead, when you're very short sighted in your vision, you end up with huge problems. And it's going to take that city a long time. I think back. so too, because it's it's a lot bigger city than I remember it being. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, oh, it's gotten a lot bigger. I was there in the nineties. Yeah, it's a it's, lot it's huge. Yeah. And you're right because it's a big city. It's like my mom used to always say: little kids, little problems; big kids, big problems. Right. Same thing. Little city, little problems; big city, big problems. And it's because we had we it's had a, a decent little hotel for some of the staff that was like right there, like less than a half, well, maybe about a half mile from the uh, expo center. And we had some of the girls that were staying there were just afraid. They so they they ended up shacking up in uh, our Airbnb, our staff Airbnbs because in their I, I drove by it. That's where I saw all this going down. So basically, you have the hotel, a restaurant, like a Burger King, and a gas station, and it's all right. You know, just like every other, you know, Marriott courtyard scene around the country, right? There's all this yeah. stuff kind of together, and it's just rampant. It's all out in that parking lot. And what you know what. And what do people do that are hooked on drugs like that? And I hate to speak in generalizations because it's awful and it's terrible, but they'll tell you the most important thing is the next fix. Right. And yep. they've got to find money for that next fix. And so if you're just walking around average Joe, you you're kind of a target. And it's, yeah, you know, it's interesting. I, I, it's, it's funny you say that because <laughs> I'm, I'm probably about as normal looking of person as possible. I mean, you guys make fun of me for it sometimes. <laughs> When I walk in, you know, because I, because I just, I just am. Just, hey, I, I was here. <laughs> yeah. See, there we go. <laughs> and, and walking, walking around, I truly felt like I don't know. Maybe this is just me being oversensitive, but I truly felt like sometimes when, when I was walking into, you know, a, a restaurant or a, or a brewery on our final day or whatever, I truly felt like like some of the people there, like it was like record scratch. Like, oh, for sure. Who, who's this guy? Yeah, what is this guy wearing jeans and a clean T-shirt? Like, look what, at Mister Midwest that just strolled in here, <laughs> and, his, and his clean sneakers. Like, who is this guy? <laughs> but it's true. And look, and like yeah, I said, I, like, I did. I, I felt like a minority. I felt like they're looking at me like I was weird. And well, like I kind of felt the same way because I mean, I'm not tatted up. I don't have any of that look about me necessarily. But I mean, I felt the same way. But I felt like a target, and I don't think you should ever feel that way. Like I felt like, oh, there's the mark. That's who we're going after. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and that's I, not a, that's not I, a pleasant feel feeling. And all no. you're trying to do is get a bite to eat. Yeah. Right. I mean, like that's, that was uncomfortable. Just trying to fit in. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'll, go get some, I'll go get some tatted sleeves. I'll get some tracks in my arms and we'll all hang out. <laughs> speaking yeah. of speaking, I got to tell the story just real quick. Stacy's going to kill me for telling the story. Speaking <laughs> speaking of fitting in or not fitting in. So in our last day, right. We're, we're taking the red eye and, uh, you know, yeah. we had the, we had the morning, we had the morning broadcast. So 10 o'clock AM local time, uh, one Eastern broadcast. So we're done by noon, you know, by the time we all meet and walk around a little bit and talk, whatever, we're done at 1230. 
So we've got until 10 o'clock that night when our flight leaves and our flight got delayed. So we've got like 10 or 11 hours to kill. So, so Stacy and I, we come back to the, to the Airbnb that we were all at and uh, pack up our stuff because I really just wanted to go to sleep because I was so tired from the three days, I bet. but, but we're like, you know what, let's just go, let's just get in the car and let's just go and explore and uh, see what kind of trouble we can get into. And, um, which, which is always a bad idea with Stacy Moore, by the way, but no, we had, we had a great day. We, we had a, we had a lovely day together, uh-huh. um, in, in, in Oregon. Uh, anyway, so we, so we get in the car and we start driving. Anyway, so we end up at a brewery because we're kind of we we start our day. We actually we actually went, did some sightseeing. You'd have been proud. We went to Multnomah, I think is what it's called, Multnomah Fa- Falls. It's like the second oh. highest waterfall in the state. And then uh, we frolicked in the water together. Really. <laughs> but we did go see the waterfall, and I did a little hiking anyway. Um, so so then we started to kind of kind of hop different places going back. We ended up at a, at a brewery close to the airport, and we walk into this place. And speaking of being out of place, you know, we walk in and. There's tables to the left and tables to the right, and and we see there's a buffet of food to the left. So we're like, okay, well maybe this is a, maybe this is a place you just you know like a buffet. You just go in, grab a plate, and eat some food. So we just you know the, the two of us just being punks, not even really looking around. We go over to the buffet, check out the food, and then all of a sudden I'm looking around and I'm like, they're all kind of looking at us. By this point, I'm kind of used to it because it's day three in Portland, and again I got my clean sneakers on and my jeans and my clean T-shirt, and they're all looking at me, and I, I'm like. It's, all of a sudden, I'm like, uh, Stacy. I'm like, I think this is like a private party. I'm like, I don't think we're supposed to be here. <laughs> yeah. And so he doesn't say a word. You know, he just about face and, and walks to the other side of the room. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we go to the other side, follow the rules, get the QR code, find a table. And then as we come back up, back towards this this area to pick up our food at the at, you know the front of the store, I noticed that what we walked into was a celebration of life. For this guy who had passed away. <laughs> so I'm like, Stacy, I went to get the food. Stacy's nice over, over there on his phone. So I'm like, so while I'm waiting for my food at the counter, I text him. I'm like, I'm like, dude, that was a celebration of life that we totally just walked into and crashed. I'm like, I feel like the biggest jerk. I look over and because I can see his reaction. You know, he's looking at his phone. As soon as he gets my text, he looks up at me and his eyes are just huge, just like, no way. And we just died laughing. I felt like the biggest jerk. Nice so, work, man. Yeah, yeah. We did go over, we did go over and pay our respects. I, I felt terrible. That was that was awful. <laughs> so so here, here I here I felt out of place all weekend. And then we walk into a celebration of life, like two punks just looking for food. Yeah, you, know? you just crashed awake. Yeah, man. like we're walking nice up stuff. to a trough to to feed me, you know, like animals. <laughs> that's hysterical, actually. Yeah, that's brutal. That's but yeah, Portland is a <laughs> and I like some of the weird, to be honest. I do too. I do too. Well, like I, that I like place a little bit that of that was, alternative uh, style, yeah. Yeah, that place that was kind of right in our neighborhood. So that out in Beaverton, not technically downtown Portland, anywhere near any of that stuff. That Greek village place was kind of weird. Yeah, but that, in a good but that way. was probably more mainstream than you're going to get anywhere in Portland, except yeah. for it wasn't. But it, it was. It's yeah. interesting. It's an interesting no, town. But it, it was like when I visited back in the 90s, I didn't have the same feeling. It was still weird and it was cool and it was different from, like, say, the southeast but it just didn't feel as dirty and it didn't feel as just kind of out of control. Like I, it felt like to me, like, you know, the phrase inmates are running the asylum. Mm, mm-hmm. 
that's what it felt like to me. Yeah, it felt I like there was no that. law and order and I'm not Mr. Law and order. You know, I mean, I, I, I get it. it you have, but you do, you have to have certain, yeah. there is a societal line somewhere, right? right? <laughs> like if, if you want society to function properly, there has to be somewhere where the lines are. And it, yeah. like, there are no lines in Portland. Everything's crossed. I know. It's, I know. It's bizarre. Like I said, it's gonna. Unfortunately, it's gotten so bad. It's gonna take a while. Yeah, uh, we were back there, and Jade, Jade uh, will have to correct me on this, but but our band was in Portland back in the nineties, and nice. I think I can't remember if we were there for because we did a little West Coast tour, um, and and Portland was one of our stops. I can't remember if it was just meeting with an agent or if we actually played. I want to say there was like a, I can't remember. Out Jade, once he watches this, he'll 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 know. He remembers everything. Um, but yeah, but I do remember Portland back in the nineties being exactly like what you said, you know, a very alternative lifestyle, but very, but, but in a clean way, yeah. you know, and, and it was a very safe town to walk around in. And, you know, I remember it being beautiful and just, just, you know, it's different than it, than it obviously was now. <laughs> very Big shout Portland. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Portland, yeah. Portland, uh, tourist bureau. It is it is beautiful. How about the big how about the big tunnel that we had to go through in the middle sure. of the mountain to go out to Beaverton? You know, you go through this huge tunnel on the side of the mountain, and there are homes built up that side of the mountain above the yeah, tunnel. It was terrific. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, gorgeous. again, some really great, yeah, beautiful places, but uh all right, one more one more travel <laughs> one more travel thing. You you said you want to talk about first class versus main cabin. I have no yeah, idea what man. this is about. What I all right, so what I did was I wasted some I wasted some miles. I don't like long flights. I don't think anybody likes long flights. Did right? you upgrade? I upgraded, and wow, I wasted. Good for you. I went. Yeah, it was a lot of miles though, and so. But I just I did it. I got up in first class, you know, and man, what an yeah. absolute difference! I I actually almost got up at one point and turned around and said, "Look at the peasants in the back." I mean, it is completely a different vibe up front. It's I great, mean, isn't it? Oh, it's so much more fun. I mean, I, it's not the first time I've been up there, but it was just it, like I was I was taking it all in. I, I wasn't taking it for granted. I was kind of noticing all the different little touches, you know. Oh, it's, it's so comfortable. Even the flight, <laughs> the flight is smoother. It's quieter. Yeah, everything's better. Yeah. I mean, literally everything's Everything. the air's better. I, I promise you they've got more oxygen up front. <laughs> <laughs> the air. Oh, no. It, it is. Do, it is do, so do you, you, you probably don't. You probably don't. But but I think I know the answer to this question. But I don't know. Maybe I'm the only one because maybe I'm a little oversensitive with, with certain things. I, I When I sit in first class, it's – I. I, I'm starting to get. Oh, I'm not looking now. up at those people. I, I, I I've know. Got, don't I've, you I've got mad? blinders on. I feel I'm, terrible. No, I'm sitting in first class I'm and like, I feel in the back, jerk. <laughs> I, knew, I, knew, I knew you'd say that. I knew you'd say that. <laughs> I'm feeling all guilty. I'm like trying not to be seen. And you're all like, it takes is money. Hey, <laughs> you guys get, get in your seat so we can get the hell out of here. That's a lot, will you? Hurry up. <laughs> oh, I love it. You and me, three. That. Get out. <laughs> you and me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah trust me i'm in i'm in the as a matter of fact my next flight i'm in the back row so i i get it <laughs> i get it I, you're, you're yeah. gonna start flying first class you're gonna be totally judgmental you're gonna be sitting there like group five please hustle five you and your uh, 25 bags someone yeah, right. make that person check that stuff oh man that is funny 
Yeah, it's, I knew you were going to say that. It, it's I so different. It. No, I mean, it is. I never looked up because you do. People are kind of looking at you like, oh, you've already got a drink. And we just we just walked on the plane. I know. But, I feel bad. I do. And, you know, it's real glass. They give you your drinks in. It's just real glass. Uh, yeah. But see, it's, these... it's, it's, it's interesting because I also feel bad. Like, I feel guilty, right? So I'm just sitting there like this, mm -hmm. hoping I don't see anyone, you know, see me in first class. But then, but then, you know, and sometimes I feel guilty, you know, with the, with the glass, glass, sir, can I get you anything? While everyone else is having a terrible time right. waiting for people to board in the back and everyone's all hot and sweaty and angry. So I feel yeah. bad having something. But then if I, if, if I tell the, the, the flight attendant, no, like, I feel like a couple of times I've been sitting next to a guy, you know, who gets a glass of red wine and, and then I say, no, I'm okay. And he looks at me like, what do you mean What's you're okay? Point? You will have a glass okay. of wine with the rest of us in first I mean, class. Get a hot towel for Christ's sake. <laughs> I felt bad for saying no. Yeah. God. No, I, I did not say no. I uh, One of the reasons why I sat up there was for the drink service because it's a long flight. <laughs> but I mean, yeah. the amount of miles I wasted to do it, I took full advantage of it. Yeah, I would too. If you're going to. I just hate if, like if the long the flight. To do it, yeah, yeah, the long flight out there, I was like, oh my God, that is an absolute nightmare. I'm not, I, I can't do it again. Because we had just gone, you know, Arizona back out to Portland, and, yeah. and all this is in like a five day stretch, right? And I was just like, I, I'm not flight back, wasting some miles. I'm going first class, and it was yeah. great. Boy, everybody, everybody is so tired. It has been. I mean, I, I'm tired, and 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 I shouldn't complain because I missed the Arizona trip. So you guys, all I got to drive. To, I've got to drive to Charlotte as soon as we're done taping. Not that that's yeah. a long way, but it's four hours. Yeah. Hey, at least we get this weekend off, and then uh, and then off to birthday uh, weekend, Jeff. What? It's your birthday this weekend? Well, Monday. Hey. Mm -hmm. All right. Mm -hmm. Happy early birthday. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> while we're being jerks, you want to talk about this baby goat thing? I do want to talk about it because it's going I to shouldn't come even, I shouldn't even I shouldn't even intro it that way because you know, when we make when we make comments, by the way, you know, not 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 to sound like Colin Cowherd, but but he he on his sports talk show, he says it all the time. You know, this this is not personal. You it's know, when we're talking about because we respect the hell out of every single one of our players. Totally do. Totally mm -hmm. respect, you know, the, the level of play that that most of them are at. Um so when we make comments, when we you know put people in the top ten, take people out, it's not personal. It's it's never personal. I mean, I I love that our players you know give me access to talk to them twenty four seven. I've mentioned this multiple times. You know, I, I can call Jamie Graham. I can call. I could call cool. Cheyenne. I can call No. You know, call Matt Guy and have a conversations. I love that access. So you know, when we make certain comments about certain people, it's really, well, most of the time, it's not personal. <laughs> No, and, and what, and what but I was this, talking this one, this one does bother me a little bit though. So let's 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 just do it. And and so like all right, so the baby goat thing, Alex Hicks is a tremendous, yeah. tremendous young man and a tremendous, tremendous, tremendous player. He hit a penguin this weekend in the pro blind draw that was absolutely insane. It's the toughest shot mm. in cornhole. He hit it. It's at he he had Brevin Valdivia as a partner. He took him all the way, I think, to third place in the pro blind draw. I, I, I stayed and commentated there. So actually, for the first time in a couple of years, actually got to call a couple of his matches. And he's on another level than a lot of players. But for whatever reason, he's not having success in nationals the way he does in other, like opens. In, in opens. And, right. you know, in the, in the blind draw, he played really well. And I don't know why, because talent is, is remarkable. His talent is absolutely yeah. remarkable. But he, he kind of it's as if a lot of people have placed him as, you know, the, the best player of his age group. And he's not. 
And this is where yeah. recent, I, I got accused of recency bias because Jake Gore is a top 10 player and Jake Gore is the same age. And when I say same age, I think they're within six months of each other birthday wise. I think. Yeah, one, how, did, how did this happen? How, how did Alex Hicks get? I mean, because I he qualified for Alex pro. Hicks on a broadcast. How, how did he? How did he get the baby? Go- it's even on his jersey, baby goat. Well, it's his brand, and so I give him credit okay. for that. It's his brand. I mean, that's that's his thing. That's and and I'm cool. Okay, with that, that makes more and, sense. Though. And he made pro division first, right? He he did these things first, and at a very young age. So I'm not look once again, not knocking the kid at all. But if you look at rankings, I think Alex Hicks is 24th somewhere in there. Ian Cripps is 33rd. And they're the same age, but Jake yeah. Gore is in the top ten, and he's the same. And, and Alex, I, I I couldn't even find Alex finishing in the money in uh, Portland. Yeah, and it's I, and I don't know I, why. I couldn't even find his name. And you're right; he is twenty. He is currently twenty fourth in the world rankings, but I don't think he even placed in the money in, and it's uh, just, in Portland. I don't get it because when you watch him play, Jeff, it's it's next. He's able to hit shots that people that are ranked ahead of him can't hit. So there's something in there that's happening in nationals, whether it's just having, you know, it's unlucky where you have a bad game at the absolute worst time, yeah. right? You know, and then, and then you end up or you get a terrible draw somewhere in there and then you drop down and it's another terrible, like there's ways to be unlucky. Look, there's people that get pretty good draws, right? Like somehow they, they for whatever reason, the way that the rankings work, they get a fairly clean trip and then mm-hmm. other people, because of the rankings, the way they work, someone had a terrible national, then all of a sudden they've got a lower ranking and you're playing talent wise, one of the best players in the world in the first round and like stuff, Mm -hmm. stuff happens. But I just like, we anointed him the best player of that age bracket last year. And I think it's time that we absolutely have to rethink that because right now the best player that of the 13, 14 year olds is Jake Gore, And it's not really as close as people think it is. Because yeah. he's getting results. He's absolutely getting results in singles. Yeah. And and not even, as you mentioned, not even not even the best of the, you know, fourteen year olds. Yeah. 13, 14 one, year olds, but but one of the best in the world, period. Right. Of and, any I, age and, group. I, and I got accused. And the reason I brought it up is because I got accused of it's like, dude, that's just so recency. But I was like, but that's sports. We're not yeah. talking about last year. We're not even talking about six months ago. Right. We have to talk about what's happening now, who's the best player now. And that's why when I looked at this top 10 list and I kind of make it like looking at Tony Smith not being in there, but you couldn't argue, you can't argue to me that he's not one of the top 10 players in the world right now. He had a terrible oh, first you, national. Yeah, I think you, I think you right? absolutely, if you're doing a top 10 list right now and don't have him on your list, then as Trey Ryder says, then you don't know Cornhole. Yeah. And, and so, I, so I am taking a recency bias stance, but Jake Gore is the best of those young players. Now, I... After we talked about it, I thought about it for a good while the next day because they are so young and I don't want to ever blast them as players because they're too young to do that, too. And that's the unfortunate thing about our sport is that 13, 14 year olds can qualify to be professionals. And our job is to treat them like professionals, which is tough because I don't have a problem talking about a 25 year old man and saying, you know what? The game's not there. You're doing something wrong. You're spending too much time doing this. You're not concentrating enough. You know, you're not you're not being a professional. I don't ever want to be that way with young players. And I think I did it one time with Ian Cripps last year, and I felt awful about it because it's like it's a child. Yeah, they're teenagers. Yeah, they're they're children. Yeah. I mean, barely teenagers. Like they're not yeah. eighteen; they're fourteen. And you know, right. and it's like it's so hard. But a player of that magnitude, talent-wise, 
and he's starting to grow. I don't know if you've noticed that. He's hit his first like growth spurt, like like his jerseys, everything's getting tight, his voice is bit. dropping, that that whole process, <laughs> right? So it's so it's so interesting to, to watch that happen. Yeah. But it's uh I Yeah, just, we are we're gonna, we're gonna watch these kids grow up. It's I crazy, mean we literally it? are. As long as they stay yeah. in the sport, we're literally gonna watch them go from preteens to a you know, it, it's it's bizarre. But I just Alex Hicks for a while was just he was the baby goat. He was the best of the young players, and I think that's just not the case as it stands right now. As it stands right now, Jake Gore is the best of the young players yeah. by a good bit. And I think it's his attitude, quite frankly. I think it's his – I mean, that's a tough-minded kid. Not to say that Ian Cripps and Alex Hicks and some others aren't tough-minded, but Jake Gore's got a like swagger about him that that is different from some of these other kids, and maybe that's what's getting him through some of these tough matches. He's finding yeah. a way to kind of will himself through it. So I, I, but right now he's the best of that, of those young players. Well, knowing that, that Hicks, that, that this baby goat thing is his brand, that that's something he's like run with that, that, that explains it a little bit for me. Cause I, I just, I don't know. There's something about that. When I saw that on his Jersey this weekend, that got me talking about it with you yeah. and a few others. So, you know, the I mean, other thing yeah. works. it works, right? People love it. It's a great, it's a great little tagline. Basically, he's the, you know baby goat. But then yeah, but at, I, but I feel like you kind of got it. If you're gonna, I feel like gotta it, live up it, to it. Yeah, I mean, like like Matt Guy. There's a reason why everyone calls him the goat. You know, I mean, he's all time winningest player in the sport. Mm-hmm. I feel like if you're gonna give yourself, you know, some sort of tag, some sort of moniker, then it needs to be right. Right. To legitimize <laughs> it. Yeah. No, I'm with you. And we that, we were talking about it that one night. It's like. But maybe it's something that that was kind of bestowed upon him. Kind of. Maybe he felt, you know, that, so I'm, I'm not, I'm not, again, he's a kid, so I'm not going to blame him. So maybe it's something that was kind of bestowed upon him and he's just trying to make the best of it. But I, that's, I don't know. That's I, I wouldn't, much I wouldn't want that on my back. I, I just wouldn't want that. It literally, it literally looks like a target on, on your back. It yeah, is. I just, and, I, and, I, and I feel bad for him because of it, because it, it was bestowed okay. upon him because he was at 12 all of a sudden someone worthy of the pro division, he and Ian Cripps, right? All of a sudden, mm-hmm. Here they are as preteens and have qualified to be professionals. And Alex kind of vaunt. I mean, I was in Austin when he and Trey Birchfield won the shootout or or won doubles at that shootout, or it was it was more blind. It was a blind drop that they ended up winning. And, and everyone was like, "Man, this kid's for real." Hmm. You know, this kid's this kid's yeah. the next the next big thing. And then I think someone started calling him the baby goat. And then either he or a family member was like, that's such a good moniker. We need to run with that. Let's create a brand, if you will. And so I don't think it was some sort of egotistical, you know, I'm the shit kind of thing that he was Mm. doing. I think it just, you know, when I thought more about it after our conversation, because I don't want to be mean spirited at all because he's a 14 year old, right? He's, he's not, he, he doesn't even know what he wants to do you know, six months from now, you know, mm, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he, he's not, he does he's not thinking about the world like an adult would be. So I don't want to put adult type pressures, but he is playing a professional sport, which then we have to talk about. Right. And so, but I, I thought it was necessary to say that, you know, right now he's not the best player of that age bracket. Yeah. It was just, something was just uncomfortable with me seeing that on the back of his Jersey. I just, but who knows uh, what if we go through the next, the next national, Right, and, De- and Detroit wins a bracket and makes a broadcast, does it in doubles as well, right, and then goes to the World Championships and does it again. 
yes, we will recency bias. Baby goat will be the baby. He'll be yeah. the goat, right? Like it, it's just, it is tough because you know when you do have names like that. To your point, it is a target. It puts it, yeah. it puts it all over you, especially when there are other people in your age bracket, and one of them is at this point markedly better this season than you are, and that's tough. And you know the other thing about this too with recency bias and and people you know, making comments about things that we rank or things that we see. Mm -hmm. um, you know, what, sometimes it's funny to be wrong. I, you know? I think it's great when I'm wrong. Yeah, people I, don't, I mean, people don't believe that. You're, you're, you're going to be, you're going to be right. And you're going to be wrong. It happens to every single national TV broadcaster, every single national radio broadcaster, podcaster. When you have to put yourself out there, no filters, sometimes you're going to be right. Sometimes you're going to be wrong, which, which actually brings me to, um, a segment that we want to start doing. You and I talked about a little bit in Portland. Like I want to start doing this like swing and a miss oh, yeah. segment or something like that. You know, where we mm -hmm. talk about two or three things that we nailed and two or three things that we missed because 100%. I definitely missed on Ryan Windsor <laughs> this past weekend. Yeah. And again, and again, I mean, you know, it happens, but I, I really felt like his game was, was really trending in the right direction after Erie. And, uh, but boy, was I, I was off, man. Over. I mean, it's just, yeah. And I, it got brought up on Twitter. There were some tweets about it. And I, one of my responses to some of these tweets was like, you know, the top 20 is the new top 10. You, there are just so many good players going through that second 10 and looking at the rankings. If you're yeah. a top 20 player in the world right now, you're out of your mind good. Seriously, because I agree. The, ta the talent level is so deep. And they're playing, like you said, they're playing at such a high level. Yeah. That play that players have learned, even the ones that play what we call a quote unquote dirty game that have, you know, they try to manufacture points instead of just sliding the hole all the time. Well, a lot of those players have started sliding in the hole a lot more mm -hmm. and then picking and choosing spots when to make right. it uncomfortable for their opponent. And they're the let like Caleb bats in this past weekend. Speaking of another yeah. teenager, even though he's an older teenager, he was out of his mind. dude. The dude was out of his mind. And I feel dude. like he's been I feel like he's been. Having, having a really good season because he's been in my kind of others receiving votes category in my top 10. I mean, he's been right there on the outside looking in, but I was going to say to your point of the top 20 being the new top 10. I mean, I wrote, I've got my top 10. We'll get to it here in just a second, but, but I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven other names. So I really have 17. Easy. You know? Yeah. Easy. It, it, yeah. Just, I mean, just off the top of my head, but real quick before we get to our top tens, sure. um, I'd love to get your thoughts on this and sorry to just kind of uh, sneak this on you and drop it on you do you feel like like are you are you a are you a, a fan of dynasties like like in golf and 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 even in our sport in, in cornhole do you think it would be like i thought it, like it was it was really exciting to me maybe, maybe i am a dynasty guy maybe i like dynasties in sports because i thought it was really cool what mark richards did last year and everyone was trying to knock him off right mm -hmm. and, it, and it made that win by by jay and by jordan at the end of the year really special right because everyone was gunning for mark Mm -hmm. Um, and, and this year it was Justin Burton Jr. You know, who took the, the sport by storm after that first national, I think in my mind, I was really rooting for someone like to take that spot, you know, and be yeah. that dominant national person. And then this weekend, I so badly wanted it to be Tony Smith. I mean, do you, are, are you a dynasty guy? I mean, do you feel I like think the all sports would be are better? better? I think all sports are better when there is a team or a player that is, that is what, that is who everyone wants to be. It makes yeah. the sport better. It makes it more interesting when it so when, when it's trading off this person, that person, this team, that team. I mean, you can look at the ratings of the bigger sports when it when it's like that. Not as many people are interested because 
what makes the New York Yankees so great in baseball is when, when they're winning World Series, half the people love them and half the people, people detest them, right? Yes. And it's so much better for the sport in general because everyone pays attention. Yeah. When it's a ton of different people, yes, the diehards, the people that are really ingrained in the sport kind of like that because they like to see other people that are really good get their due respect. But from an average fan perspective, it's like, eh, anyone can win. It's no big deal. It's not that great, right? Like it's yeah. it's it's like the, you're not they you know, the average fan isn't seeing the greatness that you know certain people. Like that, how great would it be in golf right now if all of a sudden Brooks Kepka just starts rattling off majors? Because I mean, because that's because people hate him, right? Right. Half, half I, people love him. Half people hate him. He I, he could be like he could be the Yankees. I mean, he really he really could. I mean, you know, that's what made Tiger so great. As yeah. Most people, a lot of people loved Tiger, but there were plenty of people that are like, man, I'm so tired of this guy winning. I'm going to pull for all 170 other players that are in this yeah. field, and I'm going to pull as hard as I can for them to beat this guy. And that's yeah. – you need that. Sports need that. And right now we're kind of in this flux where there is this this person's hot for three months, then it's this person or this doubles team's hot for three months, and then it yeah. changes. And, and it's – I'm with you. I, I think all sports are better when they have dynasties. Yeah, I'm glad to hear you say that because, because like, and again, this is not personal, so don't, 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 um, you know, mistake what I'm about ready to say. I mean, we root for storylines, is what we do in the media. We root for storylines, and it has nothing to do with people individually. It's like coming into this season would have been really cool if Mark Richards kept it up, right? I mean, it would have been really cool. I mean, that 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 target on his back would have would have been huge. Um, And then Justin Burton Jr. kind of stole a little bit of that from him. So then we're like, oh, all right, maybe JBJ is going to be that guy, right? And then yeah. Alex Rawls comes in and and kills it, right? And then and then we're like, okay, you know, maybe Alex and then Tony comes in. It's like it's like, okay, now now maybe Tony and then Tony loses and singles and doubles. Yeah. You're right. It's just it's it, that, well, that Tony won a bracket that we think is going mean, to. That's I, mean, I, I think I think it. Oh, no, 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 yeah. He, I mean, winning but, a bracket but on the national going to the final four. Yeah, I mean, it's but it's on the national game. stage, then he loses, and now Fisher Hamilton, you know, is is right. he that guy? I keep, I think I keep rooting for that 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 you know that dominant think, person yeah. to come and, and win several because it's just it's just i don't know maybe maybe like i said maybe i like I, i'm with you i think it makes the sport better because it makes everyone so interested right like someone someone's yeah. got to beat this guy someone's got to beat this guy right yeah and we're, we're in a flux right now where there's so many good players i mean there's just so many good players that They're all it all takes so is a couple of good breaks i mean look as great as Mark Richards was last year, Alex Rawls is a couple of matches away from having that season. That's what people forget. He was on TV as much as anybody. He just True. didn't have his best yep. games on TV. And yep. so Mark, you know, was able to kind of outlast people and and be that guy. And it's just I mean, Mark's yeah, still Mark right Richards. There. Mark's still Mark Richards, man. I mean, he won another bracket, right? Did he win that bracket? I, know. I mean, he's With still the- that guy. And so I think that uh I, I don't know. I, right, I'm with, with you with though. That, I, with I'm that, with are you, you ready? Yep. You ready for the top 10? I guess. Cause, cause <laughs> we're running out of time again. All right, all right yep. who goes first? I can't even remember who goes first. You can go first this time. I went first. Okay. Time. All right, this this is a tough one. And number 10, I am, uh, I'm keeping him in the top 10 because he's been in my top 10 since we start, first started doing our power rankings. So I'm keeping him in there. Jake Gore, number 10. Number nine, Jamie Graham. Um. Glad to see Jamie back. I still think he's capable of beating anybody. And I just felt like in my heart when I was putting together this this list, he's going to beat a lot of people <clears throat> and did beat mm-hmm. a lot of people this past weekend in Portland. So I'm doing Jamie Graham, number nine. 
I dropped Alex Rawls, believe it or not, all the way down to number eight. And that might seem strange, but I just, you know, when you have a player who is so good, but then also can drop so far, it's a little bit of a red flag to me. Mm-hmm. So that's why I dropped Alex to number eight, but no doubt about it. He's still got to be still got to be in there. Um, <clears throat> number seven, Matt guy. Um, you know, Matt is just another one of those guys. I, I just, when I watch him play, I still can't believe how he's done it all these years, but he's still in my mind, a top 10 player. I got him at number seven, Devin Harbaugh, who we tagged last week as the best player to never win a, a major, a title, a national, mm-hmm. whatever you want to say, depending on the sport. Um, I've got him at number six again, you know, rooting for that dude to, to a, one of these events, win that first, win that first nationally, never done it. Number five, even though he didn't have a good weekend, I'm still going to keep Justin Burton Jr. in a number five, Bernie, because I still th- feel like right now, if we took sure. these players and put them on a court, he's, he's going to destroy a lot of guys. I mean, it, you know, yeah. I just think I'm he's ready. going to. So I got him at number five, Caleb Batson. Again, I've had him on the outside looking in. I might have Caleb a little bit high at number four. Um, you know, yeah. mentally, I'd like to see some of these players who are playing so well. Mentally, I'd like to see them a little bit stronger. So I might have Caleb a little bit high. He's been just on the outside of my top 10 looking in. I've got him now at number four because he was phenomenal this past weekend. Love watching that dude play. Number three, another guy who's been on my outside looking in just on the outside. And again, maybe a little bit high. But what I saw this weekend, Fisher Hamilton. He's been right there, right? Maybe maybe some nerves, the issue. Maybe you know, need to be stronger mentally on the broadcast court, whatever. Definitely got over the hump this weekend. Dude mm-hmm. crushed it. Loved watching him play. And he was in some tight matches, as you well know, yep. and was able to persevere. I mean, lo- loved his mental toughness down the stretch. He, the way he was pumping himself up, it's, I loved watching him play because it was like he was saying to himself, not this time. I am yep. not letting this one get away. Love that. Absolutely loved it. Number two, Mark Richards. You were just saying it, Bernie. I mean, the level of competition is just, just incredibly high, but he's still there. Mark is still always there, and, and watching him play is special. He's got the same motion. It's so repeatable. It's so smooth. He's so smart. Now he's got that roll bag somehow with the pro sniper. I have no idea how he does it, but um, you know, great stuff out of Mark. And number one, Tony Smith. Uh, again, his mental game, I think he's got to get stronger mentally. He just does. You know, what happened on the broadcast court is not acceptable. Um, he's, he's got to be stronger mentally. But his level of play, no doubt about it, is tops in the land, in my opinion. I, I, I think he can beat anybody. He's just he's got to stay strong up here. He just has to. Yeah. But he's he, right now he's my number one. I, 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 I couldn't do it. I couldn't create a top ten. <laughs> I, I really couldn't do it. I, I literally spent – way too long thinking about it because the, the people I were like what my original top 10 had Jake Gore out of it. It had like, how do I have Jake Gore out of it? Right. My original top 10 had Alan Rawls out of it. I noticed Alan wasn't in your top 10, but Alan Rawls continues, continues to go deep in brackets. Yep. He's ranked number three in the world. And I, and it's funny that he's not in your top 10 because I said, I, I can't it's, figure it's a, it out. It's amazing. I, I, if you all 256 professionals and you said, you don't have to put your name on it, but give us a top 10. I don't know how many he would be in. Yep. But if here's, you look here's, at what just he's real doing, quick, here's how I did it. My top 10 and my top 10, basically, because Alan Rawls is one of the first ones out in my top 10. And I was thinking to myself, all right, one-on-one right now, if I had, if I had board set up at this backyard behind mm-hmm. me, one-on-one, you know, 
who's winning against Allen Rawls. And I had each one of these players in a winner take all one, you know, one game to 21 match. I had all these players beating Allen. I don't know if it happened because Allen keeps, seems to have this yeah. magic, but for this week, that's, that's I, uh, I, I don't even know how I did this, to be honest. I kept, I mean, all right, Matt Guy won a bracket this weekend. He's not in your right? top 10? He is in my top 10. Okay. He, 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 I have him and Jamie actually tied at number 10. I did another tie. <laughs> I, 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 almost have, did, I, I almost did Alex Rawls, Alan Rawls at number 10 on mine. And then but, I've but got I had to have Alex higher. Yeah. And I've got Alex Rawls at number nine. I don't know how I can have Alex Rawls at number nine. He's won a national. He didn't have a great event this weekend. Number eight, and it's my special number, right? Is uh is a player that I don't think gets enough love, but he's turned in a special season, especially on the double side. Jacob Trzinski. Yeah, I just don't think he gets enough love. And you talk about a guy that, that that's been playing out of his mind. He's that guy. It's the me. singles. It's the singles yeah. play, Bernie. You, you, but I mean, he's still, that, but he's still, he's still, he's it. a top ten player. Single look like he'll be a two seed in the next national. That puts him in the top eight. Yeah, yeah. He, he <laughs> did, didn't play well in singles this past weekend, but and, I mean, he played. Uh, it, it's just I shouldn't say he didn't play well. And it's he always plays well. And I've got Allen. I've got Allen drop down to number seven. I put Jake Gore back in at six, and then I kind okay. of, I, I just think when I mean his ranking puts him there, and I, I like at some point you have to start paying attention to the rankings because this is who they are, you know. We can say this, oh, this is who this person should be, and I think we we've been doing that with Jamie and Matt a little bit, even though Matt won his bracket. I, I think we've been doing that with them a little bit. Oh, this is who they can be. This is who they should be. Therefore, this is where I have them in my top ten. I had to Dude, look at these I'm rankings so because this is who they are. And I only left you like 15 or 20 seconds. Oh, all right. So then I've got JBJ five. I've got Caleb Batson four. I've got Devin Harbaugh three. um, Mark Richards two. And then because he won, I threw Fisher Hamilton at number one. And that's just recency bias. You win the national. The next show, I'm going to put you at number one. And that's where did you have Tony? (laughs) That's what I mean. I I had him originally on my list. Did I not? Did I not say? Oh, this is. That's right. The new list. I had Jake Gore out. That's right. Jake. I had Tony. I was gonna at say six. Tony's got to be in there. I'm looking at three different lists right now on my on my <laughs> thing. Yeah, Tony. Tony's in at six. Sorry, Jake. You're right there at eleven. Rosie's gonna hate us. We're over already. All right, we're already over. All right, dude. Good job. See you next week. See you guys. All right. Bye, everybody.